With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Matt Lenahan for Boxing Social in association with Forged Irish Stout, FreeBets.com. Empire Fight Star and Ready to Fight. We are here with former world champion and Matchroom Boxing's community ambassador, Sonny Edwards. Showtime, our sings. Oh, we live. I didn't realize you started, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. You're obviously here in Belfast supporting your fighter. Um, you're taking this sort of managerial role seriously now. You've got a few fighters who you're looking after with, you know, in conjunction with other people. Um, Obviously, young talent in Georgia on this on this card. Excited to get him back out in you know in, in Belfast on a on a reasonable card. Good experience for him. Yeah, I think maybe managerial might be a bit of a stretch right now. A bit of sort of overselling my role. Um, yeah, maybe maybe. Um, Consultant. Yeah, and I feel like I don't know um, young fighters. I want to use the word trust, but. Someone that's been there, maybe done it, and they they see that they want to follow a similar path. Um, you know, Giorgio, like we met, we become quite close. He was asking me questions on things, and then he asked me who who, who I think she worked with, etc. Look, he got signed by Eddie, so you know, I'll be um, you know involved or as much as Giorgio cares me to be. I'll be honest. Um, I don't mind just being there supporting him. I think he's a really good lad, really good fighter. Um, and yeah, he's got my, got my support fully. He's an ex Repton boy, so I can see similar mm-hmm. um, sort of that tra- that traits to myself. And yeah, even in stylistically, he's like I've said before. And maybe this is just a narcissist in me talking, but I feel like I see me in in his style. And, and I don't mean that like oh, just me him following me or copying me. I don't mean that at all. I mean like the way he sees things, the way he stops calmly and patiently at the edge of range, just in front of them, engages the distance and sets them a trap, takes his chin just out of range and then hits him with a big shot. Like it's very, very elite level, but he doesn't come from a boxing background, really, even though as a two times ABA champion, senior ABA champion, two different ways. That's quite surprising. Um, and his second one was at 63.5, the, the, weight, the weight above um, really what he is now. Um, but he comes from a point kickboxing background and you know, if you search up and find some of his footage, you'll see how impressive he, he really was at combat and being out of range, having one foot on the floor, throwing a kick, then as it lands, throwing a combination and then finishing with a kick. It's like, like when I saw it, I, I had a found respect of that sport, which I maybe didn't even have as much before. And the way it translates into now, he hasn't got to worry about kicks. All he's got to worry about is hands. I've seen him as a young age do 
things out of range, transition into range, score a head kick and a punch, and then start the retreat, making the miss on the way out. And then when he got his feet back down, countering him, like stuff that really blows my mind. And he can do it with feet involved as well. Yeah. So like such a high standard and so naturally. So now he's only got to worry about two fists. I feel like he's in his element. When I spoke to him a little bit earlier at the um, after the weigh-in, spoke to him and just said, "Look, you're obviously you signed with Eddie Hearn. You've got Sonny Edwards as um, obviously I know you said maybe of a soldier role, but like like a mentor, a bit of a, a guidance point, if you will." Then I said, "What sort of the best bit of advice you've had off either?" And it was more about you know keep your feet on the ground. He says that's what sort of stuck with him. Is that the best bit of advice you think that you can pass on to somebody like this, this young kid who's got a lot of talent? You know, you know, baby steps, keep your feet on the ground and see where you go. Is that the best advice? Yeah, I feel like um, remaining level-headed and committed and not getting complacent um, is really important for a young fighter, especially a fighter, because not many get what he got. I never got what he got, mm -hmm. which is a good backing from world-leading promoters you know, live slots pretty much straight away. Um, attention, big knockout to start. Like, he's had a really, really good start and a good foundations to his career. Um, so what was the question again? Natural question. It was, the question was about advice and how, it yes, was about keeping his feet on the ground. Yeah. So saying, is that the best advice for someone like him? Is that what you would say is the best thing? Yeah, but it's really easy to get carried away. Sorry, I say all that stuff to say this. It's really easy to get carried away when sort of you're getting the superstar treatment to really start believing in boxing. You'll see it time and time and time again. You'll literally one fight, one contract, one move away from being a superstar to not being no more. You know what I mean? It's and it can, it can happen that quickly. Um, and unfortunately, with the sport that we do, if you don't really dedicate and apply yourself, you won't um, adapt and improve and mature at the rate you need to to keep up with the demand of what uh, a career of a fighter like Giorgio will be put in front of, you know, after a couple of years, he'll be getting good fights, then big fights, and then really pushing on to try and be a star-studded name in his division. Um, but if you get to your sixth, seventh TV fight in a row, you know what I mean, and all of a sudden you're taking an eye off the ball, you're looking at him and him, thinking this is an easy fight, I don't know, maybe not being as dedicated or, you know, missing sessions, doing whatever someone that gets complacent about how good they are in anything can do and complacency is the killer of dreams and that for me is always the biggest and the biggest way to do that is keep the fighter respecting the boxing ring as much as possible and things might look easy before but they won't be easy until you make them easy in the ring and that's due every single time every single time complacency is the killer of dreams i think that is the best probably the best thing to sum up boxing and the boxing world because you're completely right i want to come on to another fighter you work closer with um one of your friends uh, ishmael davis um what a, what a fight, by the way. That fight with Troy Williamson sort of come out of nowhere for a lot of people, but he feels ready. Um, I know you believe in him. What a fight to add to that card already. Is that fight of the night for you? It's a fantastic card, and I'd probably offend a few of my friends if I said and outrightly said that, but it definitely can be. I think there's a few fights on there. The main event, great fight. Sandy Ryan, Terry Harper, fantastic fight, for especially the both positions um, of both girls. I know both well... Um, it's a great card and a card that seems to be very well matched for its location. I think if you look at everyone on that card, pretty much, they're bringing something to the, to the pot 
and that's always good and stands for a big night, a big atmosphere, a big event, hard fight for Dalton, but it's time to step up on a big, uh, on a big platform and in a time for me when the schedule, apart from you know that card right now, is probably one of the strongest bits of what's out there right now. There'll be definitely some more exciting fights getting added left, right and centre, as they always do. More fights, big fights getting worked on. And we are in that stage where we just had about six cards where it was really like world title level fights people wanted to see all at the back end of the last year. So obviously now you've got the little rebuilds, you've got the what next coming. So this is the first. And it's always hardest to get the first quarter because people plan their whole year. But once they finish the year, they want Christmas, they want New Year's, they might have just fought at the end. I don't want to fight February, I don't want to fight early, but we still need fights for these dates, so it becomes a balancing act of what fights mm -hmm. can you actually get done over the line, but um, I genuinely think that's a great card, and respect to both of them, um, obviously, dealing with uh, the Ishmael side of things, he has said yes to everyone before he fought in his last fight, he actually only got that fight because he initially accepted the fight Troy. So he was offered Troy to fight them before his last one. And we accepted, then um, the Adiarco and Troy fight got made within the next 24 hours. And then 24 hours later, Matrim present, uh, gave Ishmael, because for saying yes to Troy and showing his willingness to fight, we'll give you another fight offer because you was already in the conversation. Yeah. And he got another one, you and Mackenzie. It was probably an easier fight, probably a, a better introduction in my opinion. So it worked out for good in the end. So. Now, we got offered him again. He got offered a couple of other fights, said yes. Um, some decent fights would have been some decent scraps, but for like family or like wedding reasons or baby reasons, etc. like actual real life reasons, so I can understand that, like not just taking a fight and fitting into what we want you to do. I like, mean, you're dodging, it means like life, you know yeah. what I mean? So um, he should said yes to absolutely everyone, match him know that. And Troy, again, exactly the same. Um, he's, he's the home. Fight. He's also the home fighter as well. He managed to get Ish as the home fighter. He's like he's kind of earned it. He went away. He's coming closer to the home. Sheffield is from Leeds. Um, he brought 200 people up, more than that I think really by the end of it um, to yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. He covered his opponents and his purse with his ticket sales. Like very impressive uh, debut. Welcome to proper professional boxing in the stage of like big platform. And he's done everything that was asked of him. So there's no surprise that he was in a rush. We were in a hurry to work with them again because they delivered and it was a great uh, event and Isha's very excited to work with Matchroom, which is always good when you're working with fighters that are really excited to work, it makes it easy to make the fights and he's, uh, he feels lucky and I don't think he's lucky, he's worked very hard to get in this thing, but he feels, you know, blessed to be in this position where a fight's going out again and it's like people are talking about and when they're putting it out, if you look at the social media comments, it's like one of the fights they're really talking about, like because no one expected it. And like I said, it's been offered, but because, you know, how it goes, we don't, we don't need to make it public and go out, like, because Troy's also a friend of mine. Um, you know, we've, we've trained together in the past, we've been on GB together in the past, we've traveled away, like, and he's also friends with Ish, like, they've sparred together, they've shared time together. Um, not like, our oh, best, nothing like that, but, like, respect there, but they both know getting in there is gonna be a hard, good fight as well, because it's not, get in the ring, tippy-tappy, tippy-tappy. It's two men that want to get about and set about each other. And they both can and they're both tough. So it's really going to be one for the fans. I feel like these fights don't usually get made at these levels, but I think for the British fans, these are the fights we really need to celebrate because, okay, right now, while all the world's promoters are going to Saudi or going to America or going to wherever, the fighters really want to go because they're getting offered the most money. It gives you know, the time for these fights to get really built up. And look, Troy, probably in some people's eyes, goes in as a slight favourite because former British champion, yep. 
He's boxed at championship level time and time again. He's got some good wins, okay? He's had some losses as well, but he's always shown willingness to come back, take a fight, and really, he's had one of the best resumes, win, lose, or draw, like, that you can really have, and he's uh, achieved. So for Ish, it's trying to break through that level. If he beats Troy, now he really is ready for, what, the British titles? He's ready for, like, the, the, the bigger fights? Like, it's a great fight for him, a great opportunity, and is. Uh, uh, grateful for Matram to give that fight, both fighters, the opportunity. The winner goes on, pushes on, and if the loser keeps saying yes to fights, I'm sure they'll get another fight, and that's how it's going right now, and that's how it needs to, because in five years, if all the fighters do that, take a fight, win, if you don't, get another fight, keep doing that. At least what we're going to know is all the storylines, everyone's going to be familiar, he fought him, and he fought him, and he fought him. All the fighters that don't really want to fight need not apply. If you just want easy graft, go to Sky. <laughs> How cold that was. Oh my god. Cut the interview. Wow. That was quite cold, that, innit? It was your reaction that gassed me. It was your. It, That's my fault. It, That's my fault. No, but your reaction, like, got my reaction. No. Uh, wow. Um, I'm only joking. No, don't sue me, please. No. I'm only joking. Um, I love everyone, all promoters and platforms. But right now, come on, let's do better over there. <laughs> um, so Nate, what I was actually going to come across before you sort of did that bit of a mic drop moment, um, what's quite clear, and I think when people talk about you and they talk about you fighting and um, everything else that goes on, you are, a, you are a pure boxing man. And when we had that long interview the other week, you said, you know what, I'm one of these guys, I'm, I'm going to find it hard. I'm going to be here another 10 years fighting. I'm going to be involved in boxing. You can tell the way you talk about just other things that are going on how obsessed you seem with it. Do you get so much, you know, do you buzz so much? I've seen people like obviously um, Ish do well and obviously Giorgio. Where does that, that passion come from? Is it just all you know? It comes across like that so much that you've just got this passion for boxing outside of just you in the ring. I've spent my whole life around boxing, around fighters and the more I become aware of what it is that we're actually doing here and the more I've become aware of how vulnerable adults we are. And I don't want to say that in like, oh, we're the victims, but what you got to remember is most amateurs, apart from the ones that have been tapped into, yeah, don't know anyone really in the professionals, not to have a proper conversation with, not to know where to go, who to sign with, who to talk to. So what happens is the one or two people that they know or end up finding, finally knowing, they're usually the one that sign a lot of fighters because, you know, you're an amateur, not really thinking about going pro. Someone starts telling you, you could do this, you could do that, you can make all this money, they'll do it, they know this person, that person, they'll get you it, you sign a three-year contract. I've seen so many times that happen for fighters where... I don't even want to disrespect anyone, so I'll never make it about like, actual, like, people, but... I've seen great fighters, fighters probably even better than me, that sign with the wrong people, that don't know how to build them, they don't, they, and it's just pulling teeth until they retire and give up boxing because it doesn't pay the wages and they have to go end up doing something else or like putting them under pressure they don't need to be. Because if, if a good fighter that's dedicated certain parts of their life, even if they're not the biggest sell, you can work on that. If they can fight, it's all right. You don't. People just think it's always about the marketability, like a slight different angle. Someone that doesn't really talk, make them never talk. 
Someone that can't speak, don't let them say a word in front of the camera. Don't let them do an interview. Like, there's different ways you can look at the same thing. And all of a sudden, you've got a fighter, don't say nothing. No one's ever heard his voice. What? Can you imagine that? Yeah. I'm giving people gold here. You get the business, sir. You really do understand the full circle of this. Yeah, and that's just one very silly like example. But if, if someone can fight, and they will fight, and they're a good person in the sense of that, you know, they, they fight for the right things. If you just fight to be famous and just for money and just for attention and just to be someone special in a room, because trust me, there is, trust me, then you're going to go through your whole career wanting the most for doing the least and you're going to be painful and then you're going to, like, and you might better fight a little bit and usually what you get is the more they can fight, it's comfortable until it starts getting hard and then their career just completely capitulates. That's usually what happens. And they've usually the same fighter. It's been very hard to get into a ring every single time. Gone through five, six different opponents. No, I don't want him because of this, don't want him because of that. Like, trust me, it's the same. All right, let's come on to you. Um, spoke to Frank Smith yesterday. Um, mentioned, obviously, the work you do with the community side of things and stuff like that. And he says, you know, sung your praises about you going into these gyms and speaking to kids and getting actively involved. Also talked about you as a fighter and said, you know, there's a lot of plans that we can do with Sunny. You know, could move up in weight and fight, could do whatever. Where do you see Where do you see your next step? We obviously, you mentioned before about Dalakian with the WBA belt. He's lost that now. What do you, what do, what's next? What's in your forefront? To be honest, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> to be honest, not really sure, like 100% what I want. There's a lot of options. Just had a good sit down talk for an hour about all the different ones that we could go and that fight needs to that fight needs to that fight. And I'm really trying to maximise where I am right now. It's about making the right path. Um, if I'm completely honest, whoever Eddie, whoever Frank, whoever Matchroom, whoever the zone won should be in line with who the fans want, mm -hmm. which should be in line with who I want. Because I will generally fight anyone. I'll find out how good I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I'll have to pay for my delusion at some point. But I will find out how good I am. I will try my best to push myself mm -hmm. as far as I can and get myself in the hardest rings as I can while I'm fit and healthy and able to do so. Because when I'm older, and I can't do it no more. I'm not going to live in regret of what ifs and I could have been him and I could have beat him. I'll find out who I can beat and I'll find out who can beat me. I still think I am the best flyweight in the world. I do. One, because I feel like Bam's leaving imminently. <laughs> and two, because genuinely if you gave me the rematch, I would still feel the same like I can beat him. And I'll take away a lot from the first and a lot of confidence from the first, believe it or not, if you're watching and listening. Um, but a great fight against a great fighter. But just to now put me in a place where I now have more open options, in fact, of which route can I go? I've kind of like got four now. Yeah. Different world champions, different this, that, different weights. I've probably got like eight now. I could, I could probably go to Superfly and do everything there, so I've got 12 now, and I'm probably a big enough name at these weights, especially, where it really wouldn't be that hard to make most of the fights. The only fights I've ever struggled to make are the ones that have really got something to defend, like like a real built-up, and there's not that many that have probably passed what I can bring now. And because how easy it is to make a fight of me, how much I promote and sell the fight, I yeah. think the zone like me, they like the show, they like the response before, during and after, um, the commentary work. 
the bringing fighters. Look, we had the first 10 minutes of this conversation talking about fighters that Matchroom are working with, that I'm involved with. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm doing a lot. I'm, I'm doing more than most, so I'm probably a safer investment for the future of fighting in certain ways than a lot of others. Is, is, you know when you like set off in your careers, like and you're like, I'm going to be a world champion, whatever. Is, is it now just biggest fights, like in your mind, like biggest fights, most money, whatever, or is it, is it that weight class, or does it matter to you? Is it just the enjoyment of fighting? Like, what, what is it? Like, do you know what I mean? Because you've ticked that box. Whatever happens now, Sonny Edwards, world champion, but two weight world champion. What, what is it? The driving motivation, just the love for fighting. What is it? Um. In the instance of what direction my career is going to go, it's going to be towards the big events. Hopefully, the big events are where the hardest fights usually at my weight they are. Yeah. There might be some slight variations, as there already has been. Usually not, though. Usually quite so. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but exactly. Usually the harder prospect of fighter. But then you might get like a sneaky one that's basically like halfway towards a, a, a YouTuber or something, and then they get a little bit more of a push. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but whatever the biggest event is, and hopefully it's the biggest fight because for me that means the most because if I genuinely feel I'm going to beat someone easy like I'll kind of prepare like it just to test if I can do you know what I mean yeah. but for Bam I didn't think I could beat him easy I felt I'd have to beat him hard and look I couldn't beat him hard so there we go about to run that back one there wouldn't you would love to and it wouldn't be hard to do um, I would love to do it at any time um, like I said it sounds an excuse to the to the to the to the alien ear, but I know what my vision was seeing from when he did hit me. I give him the credit, of course. Like I'm not saying it shouldn't have happened or he cheated. I'm saying he hit me, but then I had to deal with double vision, which yeah. for every other one of my fights, that was done to me. You know what I mean? I think people could see as well. I mean, like we know how you fight, and we know that you you were like, look, I'm gonna have to go and swing. You you changed completely what I think people thought you were gonna do, and it was like going to have to go down this way because of the vision so I don't think people like doubt you because you're right or do you think people still do? I don't know and I don't really care they can feel and think whatever they want um, I know what happened in there so my heart's very in contact if if I did just proper swallow it on like uh, oh nah this is just a fight and I'm not liking it I know that's not true I can watch me in the fight taking big licks smiling and telling them to keep coming that's not the that's not the body language of someone that's stressing over the punches. My vision was a problem, and when my trainer said to me he wanted to put it around before because of what he was doing to my face, I can't see my face. There's no mirror, so I'm now trying to imagine real time, very hard fight, where my face is getting this whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. And my trainer has never ever ever uttered the words. He wants to stop the fight. He can't keep watching this to me or anything similar. We've never had that. We are winners. I've lost one fight with Grant before this in my entire life, and I probably didn't even really lose it. Like, we've gone a long way, we've had a lot of fights to get here. So, I've never heard that. So when he said that, I went out the ninth round to do something. That's why I came out with energy, and all the energy I could uh, summon up. And then it got me caught, because I was trying to hit him more, so I was southpaw to hit him. But I, the reason why I was switching back, because I wasn't getting caught as much orthodox. So I was in that mental battle of myself. But because I was going and trying to land and react to everything he'd done, that got me caught. But at that time, mathematically, I knew I was down, now down big. I needed to win that round really to probably close it to one point down. So this is where we was in my head and the scorecard showed the same. Once I got put down and already yeah. stopping Grant from the round before, 
told him I cannot see him, which I couldn't from the second. Go watch all my other fights, me and Grant are having a dialogue. This fight, as soon as my eye went, I'm not trying to speak to him, I'm not reacting to what he's saying, I'm just there, just like looking, because deep down, I didn't want to say out into the universe what was the reality. I was just in the fight trying to win. I couldn't just skate round, take some like things and let 12 rounds go by and sort of be as safe as possible. No, that was my big moment. So if I'm not going to win, I'm going out completely swinging in a way that people didn't, I don't know why people didn't think I'm capable of it. Like I showed that I could stand there against a big, one of the biggest punches the division's ever had in Alvarado and just sit there. Like, that's hard to do for a fighter. A fighter knows that's hard. No, but a fighter knows it's hard to stay that close to someone without moving your feet and them not just start absolutely battering, like just punching holes in you, especially a fighter like that. So I thought I've shown sort of like my grit and and how much I like to fight. You can see it in there. Okay, it wasn't my fight and it wasn't my night, but I genuinely enjoyed it. Even after like my training was half and my corner was half. Look, that was a half fight. Come, let's go backstage. Like before the decision when he was doing all that and he was doing his Lord in the Belts round. And I said, no, he beat me. I'm going to go to the middle of the ring. And after there was that argument, I was like, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to give my words and give him my respect because that's what he just deserved off me. That's what he just earned off me in that ring that night. So I'll always shake that hand and I'll always give it to him. Always. Win, lose or draw, I've always been very humble because we're just fighters. I will sell the fight and yeah, okay, I might, you know, get carried away a bit, but we need to feel something. And I do feel it. I'm not like fake. Like, I react to what's in front of me. But I always said the whole way through, even to their team, I did like Bam, and I do like Bam, I think he's a good guy, and a very, very, very good fighter. Yeah. And yeah, still, and there's still a big part of me that goes into 2024 with so much energy and enthusiasm that at 27 years old, just for my 28th birthday, I could be involved in an event like that at this stage of my career at Flyweight. Give me another 10 years. And it's exponential for some reason in this game. It starts slowly rolling and all of a sudden it seems to be bigger and bigger, yeah. bigger jumps. So now, I don't know, I come to a show and more people care about who I am, what I'm doing in the show. Do you know what I mean? It just yeah. exponential grows into the point of I'll be able to get bigger fights and keep fighting and I'll find out how good I am in my career. I won't have a false record, I won't have a fake record. I think I'm one of the best and I'm always there to prove it. A loss won't ever deter me because that's only one man. I've beaten 20, I can't let one person like, make me feel like yeah. I'm not great. I know I'm great, and I've always said it's going to take a, 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 a special fighter to beat me. And by all accounts, Bam looks like a hell of a special fighter. He's doing things that I would have loved to do. He's really, he's, he's really doing shit right now at such a young age, and I was seeing that from afar and wanted to be involved, either swallowing up the hype. I don't mean hyping, I don't think, because actually doing good stuff creates hype. It doesn't mean you're overhyped, doesn't mean you're yeah. oversold. He had hype around him because he's a good fighter. And it was either come and capitalise on that or be a part of the storyline. And right now, I was part of the storyline, but you know what I mean? But the story's not finished. And a, a, lot of, a lot of stories and chapters to write this year. Lots of AM. Appreciate you again giving us a lot of your time here. It's been interesting as usual. We've seen a bit of different side here. And look, it's always a pleasure to catch up, but we can do it again soon. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah, you really, just to let Boxing Social know, he really worked for this interview. Two, three days, trying to get it, trying to get it. And I was outside on the phone, and then I just seen him packed up and leaving. He's been here all day. And as he was leaving, I called him. Oh, where you going? Where you going? And then he come, we've done the interview. So thank you for waiting and being patient.
not a problem. I appreciate your time, bud. Sports Social Podcast Network.